0: Hi there, and welcome to Indie Know, a podcast hosted by me, Lane Northcutt. Each episode, I will interview an indie author or publishing professional and chat about all things related to the author journey, including writing, editing, publishing, marketing, advertising, and so much more. If you're an author or just interested in learning more about writing, then stick around. Each week, my goal is simple, to help you learn a bit more about the craft and the industry. After listening, I hope you'll feel a little bit more Indie Know. Hello and welcome to another episode of Indie Know. Today's guest is Laura John. Laura John is a contemporary romance author with a love for music. She lives in Alberta, Canada with her husband, two kids, and one lovable fur baby. She loves karaoke, makeup, and of course, a good glass of wine. She mixes her love of words with her love of music and hopes to transport you into a world you don't want to leave. Without further ado, welcome Laura. Hello. Hi, how are you?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: Doing well, thanks. Um, so I'd love to know a little bit more about you. Like, Give us a little bit more of a, a backstory on, on you personally and how you got into this crazy career of being an author.
1: Um, it kind of started as um, an outlet of sorts. Um, I have an anxiety disorder. So um, I kind of started writing as a way to just um, cope with that, I guess yeah and um, then the words just really started flowing and I was like maybe somebody would want to read this one day <laughs> but I was really nervous to get into publishing and all of that stuff and I was like I don't think it's going to be for me but maybe um, and then I sent <laughs> Uh, I sent a couple chapters to a few friends who were also kind of in the same place. They were thinking about publishing, but not sure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do the first five chapters. If you love it, I'll finish the book and I'll publish. If you hate it, I'll just write for myself. <laughs> and they were like, you need to finish this book. We need it. You need to do this. You're so talented. And I was like, what, really? <laughs> yeah that's great.
0: you had such a such a great reaction after your your first person that ever read your stuff, right?
1: Yeah and then so I decided why not give it a go and I haven't really looked back since
0: I love that that's that's really the the story of the indie author, I feel like as a whole right it's it's this whole mindset of uh, I don't know. am I really that good and that one person or small group of people says, yes, absolutely you are, and you need to keep doing it. And then we do it. And it's like we just jump into this giant pool full of other big fish, you know, and we're this small fish and we're trying to figure out the world. But but we do it and then we end up being usually very happy having done so, right?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. That's pretty much the thing in whole. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'd love to know a little bit more about your, your journey into self-publishing and primarily um, We'll start with this. What got you interested in writing romance?
1: Well, writing romance was like easy for me because um I wasn't the kid who read all the time. Um, I wasn't that person where like I hear lots of authors are like, Oh, ever since I was like five years old, I was reading all the time and all that <laughs> stuff. And that wasn't me. Um, but like about ten years ago, maybe, um, mm-hmm. I started reading Started reading romance and just fell in love with it, and I knew that like finally I'd found something, and I became that person who was reading all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that when I started writing, that it was definitely going to be romance because it's my favorite genre to read.
0: Right, and that's I, I feel like that's actually very usual for for authors, especially for their debut at least um, series tends to be what they really enjoyed reading the most, right.
1: Exactly. And I think in order to write anything well, it has to be something that you read and enjoy.
0: Mm-hmm. So when it comes to contemporary romance, who was who your inspiration, if you had any, or or who's your favorite to read when you're not reading your own?
1: Well, there were a few um, authors. And it's funny because they're mostly all indie authors as well. Hmm. Um that I just like was always reading their books and I like followed them on social media. And I was like, Oh, I would like love to talk to these people. And a few I've actually became friends with, which is fantastic. One being Maria Lewis
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, other authors who I just like love their work. is like uh, Lisa, Suzanne, uh, Jacob Chance um, Again, uh, Carrie and Cole. Again, they're all indie authors and they're all amazing.
0: Yeah, I love that. So you have like a whole community of romance authors, indie authors out there that you that you're inspired by, but also now engage with um, fairly regularly on social media.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I find that for the most part, uh, like the indie romance community, they're super fantastic.
0: Hmm. Absolutely. I think the community is the is the biggest positive, honestly, to being in self-publishing and, indie, and you know, being an indie author
1: yeah for sure,
0: so on that note, you know, I, I would love to know a little bit more about your journey into self publishing what What made you decide I'm going to self- publish rather than go the traditional route and and what sort of pitfalls did you come across in that process?
1: There were a few things. one, um, I didn't want to have to face the rejection of traditional publishing, which I know is part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, another was. I wanted to make the majority of the money, not a publishing like house. I wanted to mm. make my money. I'm the one writing the books. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh so that was another part of it. Um one yeah, obviously fear of rejection, but then I was like there are so many self-published indie authors out there that why can't that be me? Mhm.
2: Yeah. And
1: then I guess like the hardships though are like Learning it all, obviously, you know, getting a book onto like Kindle and stuff like that isn't hard. But the challenging parts is like learning marketing. Like I've never been a marketing person. Right. <laughs> um, learning, you know, how to get your book in front of people because I had like at the beginning some really great reviews. So obviously, I was connecting with the readers, but you know, trying to figure out how to get in front of more readers was definitely challenging, (laughs) still is challenging.
0: (laughs) But how did you, how did you overcome some of these obstacles along the way?
1: Um, so some of it, I like took some courses and then just continued to talk with like, you know, different people in the community. So, Mm um, you know, different authors asking them like kind of what they're doing, if it works for them, that kind of stuff. Um, and then you know taking courses learning different social media platforms all of that stuff and i guess a lot of trial and error
0: and i know you've learned a lot along the way as as i cuz i know i have and and most indie authors i've spoken to have said that they they never stop learning right every day is a new a new chance to learn something new especially because we do so many things ourselves if you if you think you've gotten the publishing side of things down great but you probably don't have all of the marketing down or the advertising or or maybe even the editing or or who knows what, right?
1: Exactly. It's always something learning, something new.
0: But as you said, the good thing about that is there is such a great community out there to reach out to because everybody on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, no matter where you are online, there's a huge community of us out there that are willing to help you in any way we can.
1: Exactly. And I think that's something for people... Kind of like myself, that's challenging at first, but then like mm-hmm. once you get over that like little shyness and like actually start reaching out to people, you realize that there are tons of people out there who want to help you. You just have to reach out to them.
0: Right. Now I'd love to chat a little bit more about your book in general. I I, I know that your your first book, Secret Smiles, um, the the first book in your Love and Sienna series and, and as well as your first book ever published, right? Yes. I want to hear more about about that and, and the series as a whole. Can you give us um, an idea of what Secret Smiles is about and then also um, the, the, where the series is going or, or how the arc of the series was for you?
1: So the Love and Santa series is like uh, a standalone series. So each of the books can be read as standalones, but they're mm-hmm. all interconnected. And um I find that I'm like a timeline person so with interconnected theories, I like to always start at the beginning but you don't have to. Um right. and if that doesn't bother you uh to start in the middle then go for it. Um and uh Secret Smiles yes yeah, the first book it's a Rockstar Romance. Um it's kind of a story of like finding yourself but also um my books talk a lot about mental health issues and stuff that like so many people face on a daily, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: not necessarily spoken about all the time. Right. And so I put that into these books and I talk about it and I do it in a real and respectful way. I do tons of research if I'm talking about something that I don't personally know so that it doesn't come across as rude or disrespectful.
0: And did you did you find that you had to do a lot of research or or did you pull from personal experience when it came to a lot of these things?
1: Both. <laughs> so um, there's definitely a lot of personal experience in there. But then um, I have a bipolar character in one of my uh, books, which I'm not bipolar. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to a friend who is, and then I did tons of research on it to make sure, that the person in the book was described properly
2: right?
1: because um, i find that lots of times and my friend said this that often she'll read about bipolar characters and what that author is describing isn't bipolar disorder at all it's either schizophrenia or something else but they'll like right. label it wrong and yeah. she says it's hurtful because it's like they didn't do the research
0: yeah and and research and and representation is so important especially as an indie author who who is not on necessarily a deadline of a publishing company out there you know you can if you need to take extra time to do the research needed definitely take the time to do the research needed
1: Exactly and that's another thing that I love about self self publishing is that I'm on my own deadline and if I have to push things back a bit it kind of hurts me cuz I'm like a big person with deadlines Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, I don't have so many breathing down my neck saying like it needs to be done on this day or whatever.
0: Right. All right. And speaking of deadlines, and I'd love to know how you set the deadlines for yourself and regarding your writing, but also your publishing, because I did notice that your series, um, each book is is coming out in about what a couple months between each one.
1: Ah, uh, it's it's about three months. Uh, between releases. I had one that was a little closer together. But um, yeah, the goal is to release every three months. Or every... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think every three is what I put. <laughs> okay.
0: And, and what made you decide on every three months? And, and is that how long it took to write each book? Or that's just how you release them?
1: That's just how I release them. So I'm pretty fast at um, writing, which is beneficial for me so that I mm-hmm. can release every three months. And the reason I decided on the 3-month release schedule was actually something I learned from a course, kind of the way the Amazon algorithm works in a, in a way is that after the 90 days you drop in visibility. Mm. So, if you get a book out every 90 days, you stay at the top of Amazon's visibility.
0: Interesting, I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, did you find that rapid release worked fairly well for you in in sales?
1: I do. I do find that it helps like a lot in sales. Um, I see lots of growth on release months, and um, starting now to see just continuous growth like regularly. But release months are always like high in growth, and um, and I like getting the books out faster. I know as a reader, waiting like a year for a book mm-hmm. is so hard, or longer depending on who the author is. Right. Uh, and so I think the readers also appreciate, you know, the faster, but they don't mind if they have to wait a little bit longer either.
0: Right, you're right. But romance readers on on the usual tend to be a little bit more voracious and, and ready to read the next one because they read so quickly, right?
1: Yes, I see that for sure. And I mean, even myself as like a reader, um, I like just devour books. I'm constantly reading, even while I'm writing. Some people think it's like, Crazy that I still can read so much while I write, but again, I'm a really fast reader, so <laughs> it kind of helps.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet, yeah. And and uh, with romance specifically, I know that your books, I know, are on KU, and and mine at, at the time of recording is also on KU. But um, I'm not in the romance genre at all. But
2: um,
1: <laughs>
0: I know that the romance tends to do very well on Kindle Unlimited.
1: Yes, it does. Um, I know some authors; they have gone wide, and it's worked really well for them, mm-hmm. but. Um, my decision to go into Kindle, Kindle Unlimited was a pretty easy decision for me because I knew, as a new author, somebody mm-hmm. is way more likely to try you out um, if they don't have to spend extra money because they're already spending their, you know, their monthly subscription. So to get a book in their mind, it's almost free, right? Because so they're already right. paying the subscription. So they're like, Oh, I'll try a new author out because it's not costing me anything more. Whereas if they even though two ninety nine isn't expensive for an ebook, it <laughs> still makes people kind of go, Hmm, do I wanna try somebody new?
0: And speaking of pricing, I love that you brought that up because your books your ebooks are priced at that two ninety nine mark, which is the lowest in the the seventy percent range, right, for Amazon. So is there a reason you decided 2.99 rather than the 99 or one ninety nine that I, a lot of other I've seen a lot of other people do?
1: Um, so I definitely wanted to get the 70%. Um, so that's <laughs> Very kinda, fair.
2: Yeah. that's
1: that was where I started. Um, and eventually I'm actually going to be raising my prices on most of my ebooks to 3.99. Um okay. because I feel like uh, looking at a lot of different authors and stuff um, who write very similar sizes, similar genre and stuff. You know, their prices are like even sometimes up to five ninety nine as self published authors. Yeah. So I feel like it's uh, definitely something that people are still buying. And also another reason I didn't go with the ninety nine cents or the dollar ninety nine was again something I kind of learned from somebody else is when people see both prices, they're sometimes leery to buy them unless it's the sale because they're like well is the book not that good why is it so cheap
0: yeah yeah because oftentimes right your price reflects your self-worth or your thought of self-worth right
1: exactly so like when somebody sees something that's like super cheap and it's not a sale they're like is it good (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i've found that the 2.99 mark has been really good uh, for me, but I've been in the game a little over a year now. And mm-hmm. I feel like my self-worth is a little bit more now. And my books are getting longer with every single book.
0: So. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you want to compensate yourself um, fairly and, and also at the same time, make a little bit of a profit.
1: Exactly. I think that's why we're kind of all in this. Um, well, most of us. There are some people who do it just as a hobby and that's completely okay. But then I think the majority of us are in it as a career. Right,
0: so we do, right. <laughs> and you know, like you said, I think it is a good idea to price slightly higher, um, so that you get that seventy percent because seventy percent is double what you're going to get if you price your book lower. So by pricing it even lower than two ninety nine, you're losing so much more money.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that was the other thing. Um, was yeah, I want that seventy <laughs> percent, which is huh. also why again I went self publishing because um and I don't know if this is true with all uh publishing houses but I heard that typically publishing houses take 70% and you end up with the 30. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to make the 70%.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate right that even in the in the traditional publishing world, um at least by some of the metrics that I've seen, it, it seems that a lot of authors tend to make a, you know, they can make $2 on a on a book that Is much longer than my own, or you know, and or a dollar, even some of them on wholesale price, right? For bookstores and things. And it's just hard to believe that you could only make a dollar on something that you spent who knows how many hours on.
1: Exactly. Spend so much time and energy. And that's the other thing that I think some people don't um, think about uh, when they're purchasing books is. Um, not just even the cost of the book itself, but then like all of that author's time and energy that went into it, not just in writing, but in researching and all of that stuff. So there's a lot that goes into just putting out one book.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And people don't think about the cost of the printing, the delivery fees for even electronic things that people take out like 50 cents for your book just because the e-file is, you know, 100 megabytes or something. Um,
2: right.
0: And, and, you know, so at the end of the day, the reason that we sometimes have to price in the, in the range that we do is so that we can make a decent amount of money off of it. And even especially on a place like Ingram Spark, where we're doing wholesale discounts to bookstores and things, you know, that, that they're getting like a 40, 35 to 55% wholesale discount. So that knocks off a lot more money. And thankfully, Ingram does a, a calculator for you can, so you can find that out. But, um, you know, you price too low, you're actually going to be paying people, paying these bookstores to, to buy your book.
1: Exactly. All that,
0: all that to say, I'm not, you know, we're not knocking traditional publishing at, by any means. It's just that, you know, because they sell millions of books sometimes or
2: thousands exactly. of
0: books at a dollar each and they make plenty good money. But as yes. the authors, it's tough to get that sort of number.
1: For sure. And like traditional, like publishing definitely has its place. Like uh, it's usually easier to get into a bookstore. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they help with the marketing and you kind of have like a team behind you. Whereas when you're self-publishing, it is kind of yourself. Of course, there's a community and all of that. But like you're the one who if things don't go well, it's your money. (laughs) Like It's your dollar, And um, so I, I get the... Um, you know, why people would go the traditional route, um, especially if you don't necessarily want to do your own marketing um, and you do want to see your books in bookstores, like, sooner. There, I think there's pros and cons to both.
2: Right,
0: right. It's just a decision that you have to make yourself, right?
1: A hundred percent.
0: But you made the choice to do, do self-publishing. And, and I want to know, did you do your own covers or did you um, reach out to other... Designers or illustrators to get that done, and and the same thing for your your editing and all the other services. How was how was working with other people on that, and did you do any
1: of that yourself? I did not do any of it myself. (laughs) I, uh, I mean, I'm okay at making some graphics, like I make my own teasers and stuff like that for Mm -hmm. like Instagram. Right, but there was no way that I was going to make my own covers (laughs) because I am not talented at that, Um, and I think that. Uh, covers and editing for me were two places that I didn't want to cut corners at all, mm. um, because I feel like you know it's the age-old saying: people judge a book by its cover. And I even learned that more the hard way because uh, the covers that you saw on Amazon are actually the second covers most of the books have had. Oh wow! Um, because the first covers that I had, they were pretty and they uh-huh. were nice. But they screamed more sweet romance, and I don't write sweet romance.
2: Uh, and
1: I wasn't selling a lot of books because um, I was you know, targeting people who like spicy, angsty romance. And then they would see the cover, and they're like, wait, is this a sweet romance? I don't want a sweet romance. <laughs> so I recovered, and then I saw a spike in sales.
0: Oh, interesting. So, um, yeah, talk a little bit more ab- about that. What, uh, what do you think made all of the difference in your covers um, in the sales side of things?
1: So, I was like speaking with friends and I was like, hey, I've been in this for like so long and I'm like not seeing any sales. Mm-hmm. I was advertising, I was doing everything you were supposed to do and I was seeing nothing. And, um, and so, I talked to a couple people and they were like, I think it's your covers. And so I went to a different cover designer um, and she like looked at my old covers. She looked at my blurbs, and she was like, yeah, I see what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And she kind of her books, she's also an author. Um, and she does like a lot of covers for more angsty, spicy authors. And that's <laughs> where I fell into. So she was like, I'm going to do up your, your uh, three or four covers, and let me know what you think. And she came up with uh, the first four books in the series that you see on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. And um, and then like I said, I saw a spike in sales almost immediately. People were now the people that I was targeting were like, oh, this looks like a book I want to read. Um, wow. I want to read about a, I want to read about a sexy rock star, which is what you see on the first cover, like. Uh, it just connected with people more.
0: That's great that you saw such a immediate response to the recovering because that sometimes doesn't happen.
1: Oh, and I was really nervous because I went from a great but really cheap cover designer to a more expensive one and I was nervous. And also, I had for one of my old covers, I had bought um, original photos from a photographer. Mm-hmm. So I was old so like losing that money because i wasn't going to be reusing the photos right and so there was a lot of nerves when it came to recovering because i was like what if it doesn't work what if i spend all of this money and it doesn't work um but thankfully it did work um and i did lots of research before i like bit the bullet and recovered
0: yeah no and that's great to hear because you know we often take risks right as indie authors on a lot of different things and those risks sometimes are quite expensive, you know, and there's a large investment that we put in both, both our time, but also our money. And, Mm -hmm. and it, it can be, it can be a tough thing to make these decisions sometimes.
1: Oh, totally. I was like having an anxiety attack, like freaking out. Um, because I was like, is this the right decision? Is this gonna like help me in the long run? And it totally did. It definitely paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, I saw sales finally, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was definitely not the easiest decision. And I was kind of like, it, you know, hemming and hawing, but I was like, well, I can either stay where I am not making any money or mm-hmm. I can try this out and see where we go. And so I bit the bullet and thankfully it paid off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, are there any decisions that you felt like you made along the way? whether it be your debut or the series in general that just didn't pay off and and why
1: I don't necessarily know like if in my books decisions that I made that like didn't pay off mm-hmm. but I know like decisions in like marketing and stuff that didn't pay off like I mean I was taking like a bunch of different courses that like literally taught me nothing <laughs> <laughs> or um, like wasting money on things that were just Dumb, like um, I used to do like lots of gift card giveaways. Yeah, and for me, they just didn't pay off. It felt like people were just like in it for the gift card, not in it to like ever read my book. Yeah, Um, so just things like that, like trial and error, um, and yeah, wasting money on things that just didn't work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, and that happens, right? We run ads, we try different marketing strategies, we we pay for specific people to either read the book and review or. Or who knows, right? We, we have all these options. And there's, that's the problem, right, sometimes is there's so many options. And there's a lot of people out there that are trying to take advantage of our community um, by saying, you know, give me X amount of money and I'll post your review to all my followers. And, but I've noticed some of these um, reviewers, if you, if you will uh, even really call them that, are posting generic reviews on an Instagram page with thousands of followers that tend to comment on every single post of theirs. And you go to their own thing and it's there's something like a beauty blogger or, or this other public figure. And it turns out that they're not like your normal audience of readers. It, ter- it looks like a whole big collection of people who all follow each other just to make posts on each other's things that are very generic and, and vague. Have you ever seen this?
1: I definitely have. And that's one thing that I would say to a new author, especially, I mean, so I have a policy where I refuse to pay for a review. Mm -hmm. It would be different if I was like sending a paperback to like a YouTube blogger who like did reviews like and, you know, they get you to send them a paperback and they don't guarantee that they're ever going to review your book. Right. So that's so you're pay, paying for the shipping, you're paying for the cost of the print, you're paying for that. And something like that, I would be okay with. But I have, I have those uh, reviewers uh, reach out to me all the time. Um, and I just very kindly say I don't pay for reviews mm-hmm. because I feel like there are so many like books to so many book like people on TikTok and um, all of that stuff who don't want to get paid. Um, and then they give really honest reviews Yeah, and that's what I want. I, and like, even if it's a negative review, like at least they're being honest and at least they, you know, gave it a try and it's not their cup of tea, whatever. Yeah. Uh, But I also find that bookstagrammers and like book talkers, they, um, if they don't like a book, they're usually very tasteful with their negative reviews.
2: Yeah. They're Um, respectful, right?
1: Yes. Or they don't review at all, which is fine. Um, it's the trolls that leave the crazy, uh, (laughs) the crazy bad reviews.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I can't tell you how many messages I receive from random bookstagrammers. And, and you know what? I say that, um, in the tone because there are real bookstagrammers out there that are doing a great job for the community. They're posting wonderful photos. They do great reviews. They're real people who care about our community. And then there are these other people who are under the guise of a true bookstagrammer just reaching out to get you to pay them a quick buck so that they can copy-paste a generic review.
1: Exactly. And I also, just for like if anyone's listening to this who is like a new author, Mm -hmm. if you're in Kindle Unlimited, it's actually against policy to pay for reviews. So I'd be very careful with those as well because it's against um, policy to pay for any reviews.
0: Right, however, on that policy, you are allowed to if you put in the the end of the review, I received a, a free copy of this book for an honest review that works again that works with their guidelines, I believe, right
1: hide kind them of. okay. uh so for for advanced review copies, yes,
0: okay, so arc readers can do that, but not after the book is out basically
1: technically, yes,
0: okay, no, that's good' to know, <laughs> cause, you know it's it's a kind of a gray line, right these Some of these policies and and rules that you see and you know people are doing them anyway. Um, Yeah, but it's 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 tough because you you want to you want to get more reviews when you want to get your book out there, but you also don't want to break rules and get banned from the main service you're using.
1: Well, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, of course you have to like read the policies yourself, and you have to interpret it how you interpret it because I think that that's the way they word it is definitely up to interpretation sometimes. Right. So, I feel like do what you're comfortable with and if you're not comfortable, then just don't do it because there is the possibility that Amazon could remove your account. But like then what do you do after that happens? Cuz um I've heard that it's almost impossible to get it reinstated.
0: Yeah, it's tough. And and you know, you at the end of the day you have to wonder is it really worth the risk, right, of <laughs> of losing my book on the biggest ebook distributor in the world? Basically,
1: exactly, yeah, and that's why I like. Yeah, again, I don't pay for reviews, um, and that's what I like because sometimes I find those like reviewers to reach out to people. They can be very like persistent, mm-hmm. and I just throw back. Well, I'm in Kindle Unlimited, and it's against policy, and I don't want to lose my account, and it shuts them down pretty fast. So
0: right, right, and and the thing with Amazon, right, is it's it's such a big company. And there's so many people who work for them that are not even that you don't even know like where they are where or what really they do for Amazon other than take your emails and calls and say we'll get back to you and then they use the excuse of because I know personally I've had a couple people reach out saying they tried to post a review about my book and got told that they they weren't allowed to Um, and it turned out that they were given this vague excuse of we noticed that your you know, your review goes against community guidelines, right? And that's what they say. That's all they say really is, is your, your review goes against community guidelines. And it's like, what community guidelines specifically do you have? Like, you know, can you point me in the direction of the evidence that suggests that? And then usually it's like, sorry, but your review goes against community guidelines. And that's it. That's all they really have to give you. Because at the end of the day, they control the market and, you know, there's nothing you can do about it.
1: And it's so frustrating and I've had, I've had reviewers, the same thing. Um, I had one reviewer, her entire account was shut down and she didn't know why. Thankfully she was able to get it reinstated Mm -hmm. um, because she wasn't going against, excuse me, she wasn't going against community guidelines, but like, it sometimes seems like those bots, they just catch things and then it's like, what do you do now? (laughs)
2: Um,
1: And yeah, it happens, it's happened to some of my reviewers a few times where they're like, um, it didn't let me post it. And um, so on Amazon, I actually tell my reviewers not to put that I got this book in exchange for an honest review, because sometimes Amazon will take those down. Oh, um, interesting. On, Yeah, on Goodreads, um, they post that. But on Amazon, they just post the review without that part, because sometimes Amazon will take those down.
0: Okay, so something in their system probably flags that that statement.
1: Yeah, it seems like the bots don't like those that saying.
0: So weird, because I, I, you know, I've seen so many people say that you should do that, um, and then I've seen them right. in some reviews, but I've never heard the opposite side. But it, I mean, I could understand what you what you're saying, hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And I had heard that from another um, author and they said that, yeah, like they tell their reviewers not to. And I found less of the reviewers, like reviews are getting taken down because mm-hmm. of that.
0: Well, that's, uh, that's really great information, especially because at the time of recording, I, I've been um, dabbling in creating a form for an ARC team and uh, and I actually put that in part of the description. So I might take that out now that you mentioned it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would. Um, I mean, if they absolutely want to put that in their review, that is up to them. Obviously, we have no control over what they put in their reviews. Right. Um, but I just say not. Or Like if they feel comfortable not putting that in, then not to because it um, might prevent the bots from taking the review down.
0: Good. Good. to. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I do want to touch on one other thing with specific to contemporary romance or romance in, in general. Um, is there's there seems to be a stigma right around the romance genre when you when you a tell people that you're a romance writer or b that you read romance, um, and and I wondered have you experienced this um, firsthand when you tell people the the genre you write and how does that make you feel how do you navigate that.
1: So Oh, one hundred percent. There's a stigma around it. Um, lots of people are like, "Oh, you write mommy porn," um, and I'm like, mm, "No," uh, but there, yeah, one hundred percent. There's a stigma around it, and I don't entirely know why it's still there. Like, I understand, like from like long time ago, why the stigma was there because mm-hmm. sex was so taboo. But we're in like such a different place in the world now right. that. Um, I don't understand why it still has such a stigma behind it. But, you know, we get comments like, oh, writing romance isn't writing real books or reading romance isn't reading real books or comments like, I mean, I have children. So I've had moms come up to me and be like, oh, you're a mother. Like, why do you write books like that? And I'm like, do you not know how your kids were made?
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're
1: not a
0: person, you know. Like you're you're a person before you were a mother. So
1: exactly, and I'm like, I'm not letting my five year old read these books. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is not their <laughs> bedtime story, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's definitely like um, lots of things behind it, and people kind of push us to the side of uh, like writing, mm-hmm. and I don't entirely know why. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's really unfortunate. And then there's another problem that I've actually heard from a few romance authors in conversations with them that people assume that they do everything in their books uh, when it comes to intimacy. And, and then they have these really strong opinions about that. Uh, have you ever experienced that side of it as well?
1: Yes. Um, cause I mean, some of my books have, uh, are a little bit on the kinkier side and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, so this is your bedroom life. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not rewriting exactly like my, my love life. That's, like, not, a that's, not, right? <laughs> that's not a documentary, right? And yeah, like, I just don't understand why, you know, there's the stigma behind it because it's not like it's any easier to write our genre than it is to write other genres. Right. Um. Sometimes I think it's more challenging because we do face such like backlash from certain people and stuff because um, we also like, I don't write sweet romance, so there's no closed door scenes. Mine are all there. You see everything (laughs) and people, you know, quickly just like judge that where it's actually been proven that reading romance books are good for relationships. They're good for women who have low sex drives. They're, um like sex therapists prescribe romance books to people wow uh, because they're like good and also somebody like mentioned this not too long ago and i love the idea where it's like men often get their ideas for sex from watching porn which is not good at all <laughs> um but more men read romance novels written by women, Mm -hmm. they might have like more idea of like what women want. It's not necessarily like, again, it's not a documentary. This isn't what I do in my bedroom every night. But like as women, we are going to write more of what turns us on and stuff like that. So if more men read it, I feel like they might have a better understanding of women.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's somewhat weird, right? Um, There's still this weird idea uh, with a lot of men that uh, they they can't read romance or they'll be seen as more effeminate than they should be. Or, uh, you know, it's really weird because we're, we're in an age where that shouldn't be an issue anymore, but it still lingers. And I think we're going in the right direction, but unfortunately we haven't crossed the threshold yet.
1: Exactly. And I really hope we continue to go in the right direction. I think we are, um, as a mother of a boy, um, I allow him to, you know, like, wear dresses if he wants to wear dresses and I understand that that's not every how everyone wants to raise their children but I feel like I want them to be who they are no matter what mm-hmm. and um and I think if we kind of got rid of more of that stigma of things being too feminine or whatever um if you're a man and you want to read romance read romance it's okay if you're a man and you want to wear a dress wear a dress like I mean I feel like if we just let people be who they want to be, it would just be a better society. And I think we are moving in that direction. It just is going to take time.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what about those, what about those authors out there that they may have a, an idea for a romance novel or or they've written some romantic scenes and they think, you know, I'd really like to get into it, but uh, I don't know, you know, with all of the issues we just talked about, you know, and, and also the fact that you know, their family and friends might see their actual name attached to this this work, and and suddenly hate them or or ask them all about their their love life, which they don't either a don't have or b don't want to talk about. So, how do you wh- what would you say to those young authors that feel this way? And 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 also attached to that question, what are your thoughts on pen names when it comes to writing romance?
1: So I write under a pen name, um, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> um. A good- very similar reasons. I come from a Christian background. um, And I felt like I would be judged by people um, from there. And also, um, I wanted a disconnect from my real life and my author life, Mm -hmm. which is why I decided to write under a pen name. Because, um, you know, my kids don't necessarily, you know, want to be connected with that. So... They have their legal last name and I have my pen name. And then, you know, if they want to tell people, they can when they're older and stuff. But, you know, it's also their decision. So I wanted that disconnect. Right. Um, And I think pen names are fantastic, especially for people who want a disconnect or who want, um, you know, not necessarily everyone to know what they're writing. Um, I have had people, um, you know, read some of my books and then say that it was disgusting um wow. because that I write um also though they picked up my dark romance and I don't know why they decided to start with that one <laughs> but, which is I mean it's a dark romance they're supposed to be a little more disturbing <laughs>
2: yeah
0: yeah and it's, it's isn't it one of those kind of things where like you know you show up to a place that's a little bit more obscure and a little bit more on that that side of things and and you see somebody you know there and you're like oh Oh my gosh, are they going to judge me for being here and then you think, ah, "Wait, we're both here for the same reason."
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, and then for people who want to write romance but, you know, they're scared, I would say definitely pick a pen name and just do it because like I feel like we can't always be bogged down by people's opinions. Every everyone has an opinion and you know they're entitled to it, but um I feel like if you really want to write something, then just do it. Like, you're not hurting anybody, and maybe you'll find your community like I did. And, um, like, I feel like it's really opened me up as a person to be a published author. And, um, I like love who I am as a person now, and I have less fears on certain things. And I just have found it like super, um, like eye opening and, Yes, there are those people who are going to judge you, but then there's also a fantastic community of people who will embrace you with open arms.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I, and you know, I was gonna ask you for your your words of wisdom and advice for for all those authors out there listening. Um, but I feel like that was such a, a great statement on that side of things, unless you have additional that doesn't pertain necessarily to the romance side of things.
1: Um I mean, I think it's just in general, like if you want to write something, then do it. Um, don't let your fears hold you back. I feel like that's what stops a lot of people. And one thing that I heard is some people say, um, that like, well, all stories have like been written or whatever, Mm -hmm. but not from your point of view and not from your voice. And that will make a difference in its own right. So if you want to write a story, do it and tell your story. And I think it's amazing.
0: Absolutely. Tell your story. I love that. So Laura, where can people find more about you and your
2: books?
1: I'm pretty much everywhere (laughs) on social media, uh, except Twitter. I have a Twitter account, but don't find me there. I'm never on it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I'm on like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I have a website. It's um, www.authorlaurajohn.com. Most of my books are on there, but you could also always find me on Amazon. Just search Laura John and I pop up pretty easily now.
0: Amazing. Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This was my first podcast and I really loved it.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to support myself and the show, head on over to patreon.com slash today. I hope that you continue to enjoy these amazing guests
2: each week and that you go away feeling a little bit more know.